Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are continuing our series of fantasy football team previews. Uh, Our last two were the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers. I regret to inform you that things are now going to take a downturn as we head into the Miami Dolphins. But before we get into the Dolphins, who have already played a preseason game, I would like to tell you about all that we offer offer on rotoexperts.com for our NFL 365 package. The package includes expert projections, rankings, uh, all sorts of premium content, uh, the perfect draft articles that I just released this last week, our ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, our ultimate guide to winning the best ball championship, and much more behind the paywall. It's $39.99, but you can get 10% off using the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K. So now diving into the Miami Dolphins, starting off at the quarterback position, uh, I have this quarterback race projected eight games each. I think that it's pretty clear that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start the season, and then it's pretty clear that at some point they are going to turn things over to Josh Rosen, who actually played uh, the most out of Ruddock or Fitzpatrick in their first preseason game, he went 13 for 20, had one interception, did not throw a touchdown. The team mostly ran in this game. Uh, you're not drafting these guys in fantasy football. Fitzpatrick is probably an interesting streaming guy to start the year, uh, You know, just because Fitzpatrick is always an interesting streaming guy. Uh, he is the best quarterback on the team right now. I don't think that Josh Rosen is particularly close to him in ability right now. We know that Fitzpatrick likes to push the ball down the field. They do have some interesting wide receivers, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, to play with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, and Mike Gesicki is well. Like, this could be a pretty talented offense. Kenyon Drake as the pass catching back. Like, I don't think that this offense is actually devoid of talent. I think that part of the reason that we think the offense is devoid of talent is because of how slow they played last year. The Miami Dolphins ran the fewest plays in the NFL last season, even less than the abysmal Arizona Cardinals. Uh, They had Ryan Tannehill at the helm last year, who we do not believe is a particularly talented quarterback. They had a lot of injuries amongst the wide receivers last year. Albert Wilson missed time. Uh, Danny Amendola was their most targeted wide receiver. And Kenyon Drake is a pass catching back, but we know that throws to the running back are not the most uh, efficient way to throw the running ball, to throw the running ball, to throw the football. So, Is Fitzpatrick draftable in two quarterback leagues? Absolutely, I think he is. I think there's a chance that he's probably on some good Scott Fishbowl 9 teams. Uh, Do I think Josh Rosen is a good pick in two quarterback leagues? 
maybe just for like the trade equity, because if you have three or four quarterbacks, that does allow you to do a trade. If it gets announced that Rosen is starting, you probably would be able to trade him for like a, you know, a low end wide receiver three or a backup running back or something like that. But I, I, I'm not expecting big things from Rosen. I, I don't think that he showed enough as a rookie or at UCLA for me to think that, uh, you know, the Cardinals giving up on him was a bad idea. So Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, we'll, we'll monitor him for DFS. We'll monitor him in two quarterback leagues. And it's pretty clear after what happened in their first preseason game that Fitzpatrick is the starter. He was only in for two drives and then he came out. Well, Josh Rosen played most of the game before giving way to Jake Ruddock. Now, moving to the running backs, this I actually think is more interesting. So the starters played two drives in the first preseason game for Miami. Kenyon Drake got all of the touches in the first drive. Then Kalen Balaj got all of the touches in the second drive and then played with Josh Rosen a little bit. Kenyon Drake had four carries for 12 yards. Balaj had six carries for 23 yards and a touchdown, whereas neither of them were super involved in the passing game. Um, Balaj, I believe, had two targets, and Kenyon Drake was not targeted at all. Balaj was not, I, was not able to secure either one of his targets in that game. So where they are going at their ADP right now, it feels weird to say, but I think that they are both buys. So Kenyon Drake is a good pass-catching running back. That much we know about him, and we know that uh, targets are worth are worth way more than carries, like two and a half times more. Drake was not the starting running back last year, had less carries than Frank Gore's 156, had only 120 of them, but still saw 73 targets in the passing game over 16 games. That was second most on the team, only six behind Danny Amendola. He averaged 6.5 yards per target and had a, a pretty crazy five receiving touchdowns, nine touchdowns total. You know, not, not a bad season from Kenyon Drake. The reason he's starting to fall down draft boards, though, is that it's pretty clear he's not going to be a workhorse running back. In fact, I think his touch numbers from last year might end up coming close to what his touch numbers were this year. Like, if you told me that he got 173 touches, I would probably buy that as the overall number. Whereas I think Balage definitely probably settles into the Frank Gore grinding role from the Adam Gase offense last year. Sort of sort of wild that Frank Gore had 156 carries and no rushing touchdowns. But Balage is still going pretty cheap, and I, I think that he is an interesting player. You know, he's a, a uh, we would call him a spark score style player. Uh, he was never really a starting running back in college, never had a 1,000-yard season at Arizona State, did have 27 rushing touchdowns, including a year where he had, uh, I believe, it was either seven or eight rushing touchdowns in one game. He had a 44-reception season as a junior, but only 20 receptions as a senior. He had 29 total touchdowns and 2,668 total yards. So Balazs was a decent prospect. I think there are reasons to believe that he can be an NFL contributor, namely that I think most running backs who even enter onto an NFL roster are probably good enough to be in the grinder role. And, you know, he had a couple good runs last year. He had the untouched 75-yard rushing touchdown, averaged 5.3 yards per attempt, only 11 targets in the 12 games that he played, did secure nine of them. Uh, however, I would basically just say 
if you're if you're just looking for a running back who is able to provide you value at their ADP, if they if you just want someone who can do what they are projected to do, I do think Drake and Bellage are pretty good examples of guys who are good values on zero running back teams in particular. You know, if I started out a draft the other way and went like a hyper fragile way where I was going, okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Todd Gurley, I'm gonna take James Conner, I'm gonna take Josh Jacobs, I'm gonna take Leonard Fournette, you know, kind of those more fragile style running backs, I would not be as interested in taking Bellage or Drake because I don't see a ton of upside with them. I don't think that the Dolphins have like a top 10 offensive season in them. I definitely don't think that Bellage or Drake has a top 10 running back season in them because it's pretty clear that they are going to split work. It's pretty clear that Bellage probably will be the goal line back and Drake will probably be the passing down back. So if you view running back situations as like roles, you want the pass catching back and the goal line back role to be the same guy because that's how you get up. That's how upside happens at the running back position. They both catch passes and get those points for the receptions as well as the extra yards from catching passes and the upside of scoring touchdowns. But if those two roles go to different running backs, then neither of those running backs has an RB1 ceiling because for a running back one to happen, the pass catching and the goal line back work has to be at the same guy. Uh, That was kind of a long-winded way of saying that if you can't score touchdowns and you can't catch passes, you're not going to be a running back one. We don't think Kenyon Drake is going to score a ton of touchdowns. We don't think that Kalen Balazs is going to catch a ton of passes. If I had to choose between the two of them, though, uh, especially for best ball purposes, I would rather take Balazs. I'd probably ra- slightly rather have Kenyon Drake in a weekly management league because I think his production will be a little bit more projectable, whereas Balazs probably will have some weeks where he has five carries for 18 yards and no touchdowns. Other weeks, it might be 14 carries for 67 yards and two touchdowns. I, I think those are sort of the range of outcomes for Balazs' weekly performance, whereas I think Drake's weekly role will probably be between eight to 15 touches in between four to six targets and in between 60 to like 110 yards. Those will kind of be his median projections on a weekly basis. So, you know, Balazs has more of the weekly ceiling, although I guess you would say that Drake does have ceiling because he's more likely to score a long touchdown than Balazs just because he's faster and will get more work in the passing game where it's a little bit easier to gain more yards per attempt. So that is how we are handicapping the running back situation. Don't feel the need to mention much about Mark Walton or Miles Gaskin. Gaskin was kind of a guy that I liked. Mark Walton was cut by the Cincinnati Bengals after they drafted uh, Rodney Anderson and Travion Williams, but don't think that they will end up being particularly fantasy relevant this season as long as one of Balazs or Drake is healthy. Moving to the wide receivers, though, I think these guys are super fantasy relevant, not because of the sheer statistics that they're going to post, but because of how cheap they are. So their starting uh, 11 personnel wide receiver grouping is Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills on the outside with Albert Wilson as the starting slot wide receiver. Recent updates on Albert Wilson's hip injury are not great though. He's been limited to individual drills in training camp, was not able to play at all in the preseason game where Preston Williams had an amazing game, five targets, 97 yards, was tackled at the one yard line, almost scored a touchdown. Alan Hearns secured all three of his targets for 24 yards in that preseason game. And Mike Gesicki started at tight end and, uh, you know, didn't make an absolute embarrassment of himself. So all of those things combined, Preston Williams playing well, Mike Gesicki playing with the ones, Bryce Butler playing well, Alan Hearns playing well, Jakeem Grant being on the roster, 
All of those things combined really do make me lower on Albert Wilson than Kenny Stills or Devontae Parker. I think Parker and Stills are really locked in their role. And they're both being drafted after the 150th pick in both play draft best balls and in other leagues as well. Uh, uh, like they're they're just going as basically free. And Kenny Stills is probably the most drafted player by the Roto Experts Daily Roto staff in fantasy football leagues because our projections have him as like in between wide receiver 30 and wide receiver 35, depending on the adjustments that have taken place in the projections to other players around Stills. And that's not even with like a crazy amount of targets or anything uh you know he still is uh, he's a talented player who has a track record of producing fantasy useful numbers he had only 64 targets last season but scored six touchdowns on a catch rate of 57 percent he was by far uh you know the most productive every down wide receiver uh for the Miami Dolphins averaged 8.6 yards per target the other starting wide receivers for this team averaged uh Grant was at 7.0 Albert Wilson played in only seven games and had 11.2 yards per target. Devontae Parker was 6.6. Kenyon Drake was 6.5. And, you know, outside of that, like Danny Amendola was 7.3. He's now a Detroit Lion. I do think Amendola leaving actually opens up room for Kenny Stills to see a few more targets per game than he did last year, because I think he will play in the slot some. So need to talk a little bit about Preston Williams. I know that all of you guys are interested in that. So the thing with Preston Williams is he was a really productive player at Colorado State, but had some behavioral issues, was not invited to the combine, but has been, uh, you know, one of the studs of the Dolphins offseason. He was supposed to be at Tennessee, but was only there because of a failed drug test, failed more drug tests at Colorado State, and uh, also had a domestic violence arrest. He did dominate in 2018, though, 96 receptions, 1,300 yards. 14 touchdowns, 14 yards per reception, finished number five in the nation in yards. However, he sucked at his pro day. 4.640, 9.8 foot broad jump, and a 31 and a half inch vertical. So the fact that he has discipline issues and was not great at his pro day leads me to be more on the side of, I don't know if this guy really is an NFL caliber player. I think it's possible to dominate in the preseason, even if you're not great to start out with. So in handicapping the Miami Dolphins wide receivers, I would essentially say that Parker and Stills are definitely draftable in draft best ball leagues. In fact, my portfolio would suggest that I have a ton of Kenny Stills and a little bit of Parker as well. You know, when choosing between the two, I prefer Stills, but I do take Parker some as well. I think Jakeem Grant is like a really prototypical, like NFL caliber slot wide receiver. I don't know if he'll ever really get that chance, but I do believe in him. Alan Hearns, like really just a camp body, kind of the same for Bryce Butler. However, a really interesting discussion is the tight end position because all of the stuff coming out about Mike Gesicki is not good. Uh, the Miami Herald's Barry Jackson has reported that Mike Gesicki has had an uneven camp. He bulked up from his rookie playing weight. And uh, let me tell you this. It's not uncommon for rookie tight ends to suck. And Mike Gesicki came out of Penn State looking like an absolute spark 
freak and you know 99th percentile and everything fast strong big agile I mean just really he is a, a tremendous athlete um, and I I take him some in draft best balls though I definitely started to tail off of taking him when all of the reports about like Nick O'Leary being the best tight end in training camp came out however I am encouraged that he just he did come out with the ones in their first preseason game in general, playing time is going to be the most important thing for someone like Gasicki because we do, like, over the long term, think players like Gasicki will, you know, he'll figure it out, right? Like, he will just be good enough to play if he gets the playing time. And there's no reason for this team to be playing Nick O'Leary or Durham Smith or Dwayne Allen or Clive Walford. You know, they have a bunch of guys who are just guys. And Gasicki has the ability to kind of change the direction of their franchise, similar to Rob Gronkowski or Travis Kelsey. I'm not saying he's as talented as them, it's pretty clear that he is. However, he is the sort of athlete that could change the entire direction of an offense over, you know, five to eight years or whatever. And I don't want to be on the record as saying Gesicki is that guy. I'm just saying there's zero reason that Nick O'Leary would ever be that guy. Nick O'Leary is 0% to ever be a meaningful NFL player. Same for Derm Smith, same for Allen, same for Walford. The same is not true for Gasicki. So I am going to take him some. Definitely probably a guy who's more of like a waiver wire pickup towards the middle of the year because we can't be certain of his playing time. We can't be certain of the offensive quality in Miami, but definitely someone worth monitoring. So that's going to do it for us here on this episode of the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, if you want to find more expert content by myself and the Roto Experts and Daily Roto crew, head on over to rotoexperts.com, purchase the NFL 365 package for $39.99, and you can get $10 off of that package using the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K.